Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I've been praying for all week, and I really believe that this word, what does this covenant mean for me? What does this covenant mean um, for my family, for, for, for my life? What does it mean? And I got a lot of notes. We're going to have a great time. We're going to sit here. We're going to get in the word of God. We're going to love every minute of it. I want you to look at something here with me. Um, it's 2 Peter 1 and 3. 2 Peter 1 and 3. And I want to look at this. And then we're going to look through the word of God um, to see what God's word says about you. In 2 Peter 1 and 3, it says this. It says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue, whereby, look at verse four, whereby are given in us exceeding great and precious promises. That's very important because this covenant, this covenant, this new covenant, this blood covenant that Jesus has made with me and you has now given us access Every single promise in this Bible. Amen. We're going to see it in a minute. You could kind of almost keep your hand there and you can look, flip over to Galatians chapter three in a minute, but I'm going to show you this and I want you to see this. Whereby are given unto us, what? Exceeding great and precious promises. Now watch this. That by these, what? Precious promises. You could become a partaker of a divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So what is he saying? These promises are going to change your life forever. Amen. James even talks about it being an engrafted word, a word that becomes one with your heart and transforms you forever. I want you to look over here. Now just flip back over with me to Galatians chapter three. Now you, you remember some of these scriptures and we're gonna be talking about a lot of scriptures today. So get out a pen, get out a piece of paper, get your phone and let's just really grab these notes and let's put them in there because I'm talking about you today. When you leave this building today, you're gonna have a greater understanding of what this covenant means for me and my family because what you see is this. If Jesus gave me a covenant, the benefits of the covenant have to be understood, okay? Let's just look at Galatians chapter three. We're gonna look at verse 16, and you're gonna grab a hold of this. Now to Abraham, now you all have these scriptures and we've been talking about it. Now to Abraham and his seed were promises, promises, plural. That's that second Peter, promises, promises. You get all the promises because of the promise of covenant agreement. That God is saying, I will keep my word towards you, amen, and I change not. I am the same. Hebrews, right, says what? I believe it's Hebrews 13, 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God changes not. So God's not changing. He said, my word will not return, Isaiah 55, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which and where I have sent it. Amen? What's that mean? God's word has the power to produce the promise. God's word has the power to produce the promise because in the word is the potential. Now listen to this. 
in the word of God is the promise-proofing potential to bring it to pass, okay? In the word of God is the promise-proofing. He'll make it, he'll prove it to you. The potential is in the word. But what you have to do is you have to find that word, release that word, okay? You gotta, now, that's going to take faith, and we're going to talk about that. All you got to do is believe. All you had to do to come in this covenant was believe, and all you have to do to remain in this covenant is believe. Accept what you hear to be truth. Now, let's just read this, okay? Praise the Lord. Now, in Abraham and his seed were the promises made. One seed, plural promises. Now, watch this. He said, not as in the seeds of many, but the one Christ. And this I say, that the covenant, see that? I gave you these promises based on covenant. So God is saying this whole Bible, this whole Bible is a covenant contract. And I'm going to explain this to you. We have a New Testament. We have an Old Testament. Okay? The Old Testament was done by law and works and potential, a big problem. Because now I have to keep the law. The New Testament is by grace and faith. Amen? So what we start understanding is this. The Old Covenant or the Old Testament and the New Testament has been given to me and you like a last will and testament. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about when I say that. You have a, a, a will. Well, what is in your will? Your, in your will is what you're going to leave as an inheritance to your heirs, kind of making sense now. We are the heirs of God. We are the heirs of Abraham. We are the heirs of salvation. Amen? So we've been given a testament, okay, a New Testament that's been what? How do you get a testament? Well, you have to have the death of the testament maker. That was Jesus. So what happens when you have a human will? You have a will, Right? And I know it sounds like everybody's like, oh, great, Pastor. Let's talk about my will. But no, what we're saying is this when you leave the earth, your, your will will be read to your loved ones, to someone. And what do they do? They find out what the heir has received. Maybe it's uh, something that they leave, an heirloom. You understand what I'm saying? This is all covenant terminology. Jesus was the heir of God, amen, the Son, but in his sacrifice, he became what to me and you? Glory to God. He became the testament maker. Amen. And now what he said is what he left you. Now let me ask you, let me, let me help you. If I decided to put you in my will and leave you a half a million dollars, would you get mad? Look at your neighbor and say, no, I'm not going to get mad, Pastor. Look at your other neighbor and say, no, I'm not going to get mad, Pastor. You can't get mad at me for what I leave you. Amen? You can't get mad at me if I left you something good. Amen? And that's what Jesus is saying. I left you the blessing. I left you the increase. And we're going to talk about it. I left you the favor. Okay? Now, watch this. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, like I said. Let's just read this. And this I say that the covenant, now watch this part, okay, that the covenant was confirmed before of God in Christ. See that? And the law, which was 430 years, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. 
For if the inheritance be of the law, then it's no more a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. You see that right there? It came because of promise, this inheritance. Now watch this. Write this down just so you have a note. note to, I have a lot of stuff here, and I'm so, I'm so excited. Guys, thank you so much for, for allowing me to do this today because I have so many notes. It's like 80 pages of notes, seriously. And I was in the office. I was like, I'm going to get this to them, man. Hebrews 7.22. You guys love the word. That's why I love this, this church. You guys love the word. You love the word. You're doing so good. And you guys, man, I miss you when I'm not here too. Somebody said, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I really do. I do. But well, most of you. Hebrews 7.22. Come on, laugh. Right? Hebrews 7.22. <laughs> Watch this. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Did you get that? Did you see that? Now, what does that mean? Okay? There was a lot of priests, but Jesus is our high priest or our mediator. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Amen? Now, watch this. Now, now a lot of that, you can read it. For he became a high priest unto us. Okay? Now, this is the key here, which you understand. Mediation is key. What does that mean? He's the mediator. Okay? Now, what does a mediator kind of mean? That means he stands in the gap for me and you. Okay? Now, I talked about a little bit last week, and we're going to look at Romans chapter 3 in a minute, because I want you to understand this. The new covenant is based in righteousness. You're going to have to put faith. Write this down. You're going to have to put faith in the blood. Okay? Because remember we talked about it last week? We, some of you might not have been here. We said that Jesus took his precious blood because there had to be the sacrifice of blood for the remission of sin. Okay? So we understand we got covenant promises. We understand the word of God is how we access these covenant promises. But watch this and just remember this. That throne of grace Hebrews talks about a throne of grace that we could come boldly to in our time of need because we've been given access unto the Holy of Holies. Man, that is so good. Access unto the Holy of Holies by faith. Okay? Now, now, now pull this in. That's because of the blood. Okay? Now we know because of Jesus' shed blood. Remember, he shed the blood in the garden for the first time to create the covenant with God. So God and Jesus, even, now you got to see something that's really cool here. And this is why I like being able to teach. God, right, had a son. Okay. Jesus had to decide to enter into covenant. He didn't have to. That's what we learned in that garden. He decided in the garden of Gethsemane, I'm going to join in covenant I don't want to drink the cup, but I'll drink the cup because I, even though Jesus is the son of God, he still had to willfully, what, come into covenant with God, and when he did, he ratified it forever, okay? What's that mean? That means that when he went to that throne of grace with his precious blood, and laid it on the altar, there is no more accusation against me and you because we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right there in that moment. Not based on works, least any man should boast, but based on faith in the blood of Christ. Now let's look at Romans 3.21. Romans 3.21 talks about the righteousness. Amen? Now look at this. 
321. We're going to read a lot, so I'm going to read it pretty quick. And then I got some stuff here. I want you to see this. Okay? The righteousness of God is through faith. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. That's Romans 3.21. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? Which is by faith of Jesus Christ. And I want you to pull this in because this is really important. Right? Um, Even by Jesus Christ and upon all them that believe. Ooh, this is good. So even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Did you get that? Now, don't, don't get stuck there. Because everybody's like, all oh, have sinned and fallen short and come short of the glory of God. No, 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 no. Stop. Read verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Now, who's that? Now, look at that. Being justified freely by what? His grace. And I need you to see that. What does it mean to be justified freely by his grace? Through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So where was redemption? It was in the act of what Jesus did on the cross. He redeemed mankind. So we are justified or just as if we never sinned free by his grace through the redemption that was in Christ Jesus. Okay. This is getting good. So redemption came because of what Jesus did. What does redemption mean? We were separated from God because of sin and Adam, but Jesus redeemed us. He redeemed us by the act of what? Sacrificing his life as a ransom to receive me and you back. So now he paid the price And it's by grace. Now, being justified freely by grace. What's that mean? You can't be just as if you ever sinned because of your works. It came because of grace. Grace is God's ability changing you. Whom God had set forth to be the propitiation through faith. Now, propitiation means the sacrifice for sin. Whom God had set forth to be the propitiation or the sacrifice of sin through faith in his blood. Pull that in, please. You got to get that. Faith in his blood. So I'm putting faith in my redemption in the blood of Jesus. Yes. Absolutely positive with 100% without a shadow of a doubt. No way of changing that. God's honest truth. That I put faith. Now get this, and I know you're doing this so good. Pull this in. How do I get it? Faith in the blood. Now watch this, whom God had set forth to be appreciation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sin that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be the just and the justifier of him which believe in Jesus. Did you see that? Romans 3.25 is life-changing. Whom God had set forth to be the sacrifice through faith in his blood. That's where it comes in. We put faith in his blood to wash me clean. I put faith in his blood to make me an overcomer. I put faith in his blood. Where was this blood? It started in the garden to create covenant and agreement. It ended on the cross. It came through the beating, the whipping. See, he took your sick. He took your shame. He took your poverty. He took your lack. He took it all. And that blood, once and for all, settled it forever. Amen? 
Now watch this. Now pull this in, Romans 3.27, and I need you to see this because this is really important, okay? Romans 3.27 is powerful. It says, well, where's the boasting then? There is no boasting. It excluded. By what law? Did the, the law works? No, by the law of faith. So there's a law of faith that kicks in that overcomes the boasting that could come from the law of works. So it ain't works. It's by faith. Well, what's faith? I just receive it. Therefore, now watch this. He knows your question. He goes, well, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Old covenant, keep the law, keep the plan, goody two-shoes, do all your stuff right. New Testament, by faith. And when I fail, now we're going to slip. Now hear this word. Fail seems kind of hard. But when I miss the mark on my side of the covenant because Jesus was the way I got in the covenant, he makes up the difference because he is the mediator and the high priest of my life. So what did the priest, are you seeing this? Isn't this good? What did the priest do in the Old Testament? The priest would go before God. Now, we could go before God, but I want you to see this. The priest would go before God on behalf of the people, correct? And he would go before them with a sacrifice of either blood of bulls and goats and make a sacrifice for atonement, the covering of sin. But with that, there was still a consciousness of sin, Hebrew says, but Jesus, once and for all, went into the holy of holies with his blood as a high priest or the mediator for me and you, like the Old Testament high priest, the New Testament priest, he made a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Remember we talked that? That was a priesthood that was different. The Levitical priesthood of the tribe of Eli, uh, uh, Levi, came. But I'm trying to, don't go, don't lose me here. He took care of the priesthood of the sacrifice. He took care of the priesthood of the blessing. So Jesus got the whole package, okay? Now just go slow. You're, you're seeing this. You're working. So now Jesus is what? The atonement has been done away with, with the remission and justification. You see that? Once and for all, no more consciousness of sin because the perfect blood of Jesus has eternally brought me to a place of eternal justification, eternal sanctification, eternal, what's that mean? Eternal perfect completeness because of his blood. Not because I know what I'm doing, but because of the blood of Jesus. Glory to God, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Now watch this. Is he, is he the God of the Jew only? Is he not the God of the Gentile also? Seeing he is one God, one God, which should justify the circumcision by faith in the answer. So the Jew and the Gentile has been what? Justified through faith. Man, I am telling you what. Okay, now, now watch this part here. Do, do, we, do, we, do we mess up the law, he says in verse 31? No. You establish the law by faith now. The law, remember he said it? 
He said, what, how, where's boasting then? The law of faith. Just stay in faith. Just believe. Man, I got, I got some stuff here. And, and because here, here's the thing that I think is so important. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 8. Go to Hebrews chapter 8 and 6. We're going to read some of this. Because you've got to receive this now. You got to receive it. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you like a, a couple of scriptures here. We're going to Bible study. How many like in Bible study? Praise the Lord. Glory to be to God. I'm just checking on. I might. I got. I might preach all day. Somebody say, "Oh, pastor, you you still pastor no matter what, whether you're here in person or via around the world." Amen. Yeah. Hebrews eight and six. Watch this. But watch this now. This is so good. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also is he the mediator of a better covenant? See Jesus? Now you could go home and read Hebrews 8, um, Hebrews 8, 9, 10. Make a lot of sense for you to do that. But here's what he says. But now he hath obtained a more excellent ministry. What was his excellent ministry? By how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which he established upon better promises. So the New Testament is a better covenant with better promises. Now, we don't get rid of the Old Testament, but we just understand that we got a better agreement because of what Jesus did. For if the first covenant, now here's why, okay? For if the first covenant, the Old Testament, had been faultless, then there would be no more place or sought of a second. If the first one was perfect, we would have left it alone. He said, now that first one's going to have problems with it because it doesn't get me back to my kids. Man, see that. Get that, get that, get that. Um, okay, so watch. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days are come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them from the hand and led them out of Egypt because they continued not, watch this, in my covenant. There you go. How can you mess covenant up? You don't hearken diligently to what God said. Well, how did the children of Israel mess up? Because I know what some of you are saying, and I'm gonna, I got it. I wrote it in here. Um, some of you are looking at this and going, well, if I got all this, and this is all cool, I put it in my notes here, um, to fully grasp it, well, then why ain't it working? Well, I'm going to tell you what, it's going to take faith, and that's what we're going to talk about. I got it in my notes. The reason why this thing hasn't been working is you didn't have faith for it at the level you got now. Is that all right? So maybe you say, Pastor, I know you're talking good here, but how do I know I could get this to work for me? Well, I want you to know this is very important. You got to have faith for it, and until I can teach it, that's why today is so important. I really get time to teach it. You can go back and watch this and watch this and watch this and really pull these scriptures in and go, oh, there it is, because I'm reading it right here. For this is the covenant you need faith. I'm going to show you. Watch. You gotta, how are you going to have faith? And you know, Faith comes by hearing. When you hear today, faith arises. You're going to have faith for a covenant like you never had before because now I'm teaching you it. Amen? That's my job. And I love it because I love you. And I want you to win. And you're going to win. And you're going to say, well, it doesn't look like I'm winning. We're going to teach you how to win. This word works, man. We're going to win. And you're going to win because I'm going to make sure you win. I'm going to keep giving you enough word. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house. Look at verse 10. After house of Israel after those days. With the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind. 
and I will write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be unto me a people. In that, he said, a new covenant he hath made, this is verse 13, I skipped a little bit, made the first old, now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Did you get that? He said this, in that, he says, a new covenant he made, he made what? The first old. He said what? The old one's decaying, but I got a new covenant that I made with you people. Look at Hebrews 9 and 1. Now, I told you there's a lot of scriptures. We're going to read 9 and 1. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. Look at Hebrews 9 and 4. Okay? Which he had a golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein he was a golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. Remember, he had the law. He said, well, the law's done because now there's only one law to live by the law of faith. You ain't keeping this law no more. The thou shalt nots are out the window. The new law is the law of faith we read in Romans. Are you getting it? So you can't keep perfect harmony with God because you're going to keep some ordinances. You're going to keep perfect harmony with God because you stay in faith. Watch it. Hebrews 10, 16. This is the covenant that, Hebrews 10, 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. I'll put my laws in their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. You see it? Covenant agreement. Look at this. Hebrews 10, 29. Watch. It says this. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy of who's trodden underfoot the Son of God and counted the blood of the covenant wherein he was what sanctified an unholy thing and hath thus despite unto the Spirit of grace. Now, why did I read that? He's saying, look, he said, you know how powerful this blood is? And the Spirit of grace I gave you this covenant in is based in blood? How would you be counted unworthy or, or thought worthy? What's he saying? Don't take this lightly. I sealed this thing in blood. This thing's perfect. Now, now get, get this part and see this here. I'm going to read this here. How do I receive my inheritance? How do I, now, last will and testament means I got an inheritance. What's the covenant mean for me? The moment you became born again, you got everything you needed. Now, you got to pull this thing in. Watch this part. You receive your inheritance by faith. And that's very important. Okay? What does the will... The blessing of Abraham came on you through covenant agreement. What does the will say? So let's read what the will of God says. As a Christian, you are, write this down. Let's read the will, and what does this will say to me and you? It says this. It says very clear. As a Christian, you are the seed of Abraham. What does that mean? Everything God promised Abraham belongs to you. It's been passed down through Jesus. Abraham's blessing is your inheritance. Okay? It's been willed to you through this covenant promise by the word of God. So what does it say? It says, I will make, remember Genesis chapter 12 and 1? Genesis 12 and 1 says this, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you, and every family in the earth is going to be blessed because of you. To fully understand this, you must realize what? He's not just saying, be, be on and have a good day. Come on, what's the Lord saying? You guys know this. I've given you the power to increase. The Vines Dictionary Concordance says this. To bless 
is to cause, listen to this definition. Now, I know I've been talking about the blessing and covenant together, but you need to keep hearing this stuff. The blessing is to cause us to prosper, make happy, bestow favor upon, to consecrate to a holy purpose. My God in heaven, God is consecrating you to a holy purpose, to make successful, to make prosperous in, in temporal concerns pertaining to this life and to guard and preserve. It's the blessing of Abraham. It caused him to prosper wherever he went. This blessing is overload. You know what I mean? I like what it says here um, in the um, Amplified Bible. If you read, um, Abraham got an understanding of this. Anywhere he went, he was blessed. Remember with Abraham and Lot? He said, Lot, you go wherever you want to go. If you read the story of Abraham and Lot in Genesis 13 to, if you could read it in Amplified, it says this. In fact, Abraham became very rich in cattle and silver and gold, and his nephew Lot was traveling, and they had to separate. Remember when there was two possessions were too big, and they got in strife? I want you to read this, though, verses 9 and 11. It says this. Is not the whole land before you? Take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. If you choose to go to the right, Abraham's telling Lot, go whatever way you want to go, bro, because wherever I go, the blessing's going. What is your life going to look like when you say, you want it? Take it. I don't care where you go, because where I go is blessed. Man, I'm telling you, it's a revelation. You get it? Abraham had it. He said, I left the Ur of the Chaldees. I left my mama, my daddy. I left my family. I left with nothing. I didn't have nothing but a stick. I walked out in the middle of nowhere, and God prospered me, and God took care of me. The children of Israel's clothes didn't wear out. Come on. You know what I'm saying? He said, and Lot looked and saw and went the other way. Abraham wasn't concerned. Abraham wasn't greedy. Abraham was worried about his own welfare. He didn't, have, he didn't have to care about nothing. He had a covenant, and because he knew he had a covenant with God, he said, God, wherever I go, I'm going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. Okay? So what do I got to have? I got to receive my inheritance. That's number one. I got to receive it. So you got to have faith to receive it. If he said you're healed, you're healed. Or the doctor said, man, I don't know what else to tell you. If he said you're rich, you're rich. It's going to take faith. My bank account don't look rich. Don't worry about it. Abraham looked like a goofball. I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. You ain't even got a kid, dude. Shut up. I'm the father of many nations. It didn't look like he had a He didn't have a dime or a dollar. He was broke. Walked out into nothing. Broke. And God made him rich. Are you seeing this? Sick. You ain't sick. Sick is only temporal. The blessing is permanent. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You got to do this. Write that down. Number two, put your name in the promise. Put your name in the promise. Woo! Put your, I feel like running right now. Put your, I can't. I'm sitting in a chair. That's why it's good for me to sit. Be calm. Come on. Put your name in the promise. What does that mean? That means put your name in there. See yourself with what it said you can have. You can see that fact. If God tells you, imagine yourself in what God said. What you got to, you got, man, you got to be able to be putting your name in the promise means this. It means that you're going to have to um, conceive by faith what the promise says to become a partaker. Did that make sense? Remember we read it in Peter? We said, 
a divine partaker because of a promise. You got to put yourself in the pages of this book. And you got to apply, you know, I heard this. You have to apply your life to the word. You got to apply your life to the word. You got to say, man, if God said it, like, remember Abraham? I had an example here. Remember when Abraham in Genesis 14 went out against the kings and because and, and, a lot was taken and we talked about this. Um, and Abraham understood that, man, who took a lot? And it's Genesis, um, Genesis 14, 14 through 16. You could see it if they want to put it there. He understood that lot was taken. And when Abraham seen it, he said, I'm going to get him. He said, you realize you got to go up against four kings? Okay. He whipped four kings in their armies and recovered everything, everyone they had taken captive. And everyone, everything and everyone that had been taken captive. Abraham understand what? I might be afraid, but I'm going to step out on it. Abraham understood that I got to put myself in the pages. If God says recover all, David recovered all. Remember Ziglag, 1 Samuel 30? You got you to put, you got to, you don't have to walk it out. You know what I'm saying? You know, I decided that a long time ago, um, since I'm an heir, that I'm going to have to start putting my life in practice with the word of God. God keeps his promises from generation to generation, but you're going to have to do it by faith. I hope that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Because this is what you got to do. Write this down, number three. Circumstances can't stop the blessing. Circumstances can't stop the blessing, guys. What does this covenant mean? Circumstances can't. When you look at Abraham and everybody in the Bible, you got to understand something. There's no limit to what the blessing of God can do for those who dare to believe. It makes the impossible possible. Abraham said, look, remember, guys, I'm a hunter. She's dead in the womb. How in the world are we going to have a kid? God said, against hope, believed in hope. Hope is the anchor of the soul going within the veil. Remember we talked about that last week, Hebrews? Man, you got to be able to, man, why? You know, I love people, right? Well, life would be good if I didn't have no problems. Look, they're not problems. They're faith obstacles. And what would you do without faith? Imagine if you had problems and you didn't have God. Ephesians chapter 2 says you had no hope in the world without God. Remember? So don't, don't look at it and go, oh, my God, why do I got to face circumstances? Man, be like, oh, my God, thank God I have God to face the circumstances I'm facing. Because if I had to do this by myself, I might quit. But I ain't going to quit because God's with me. And if God be for me, who could be against me? Look at this, right? Think of that. They said, Sarah um, and Abraham had to believe God. When it didn't look like it could work. Look at this. The power of God's blessing didn't stop. They basically produced a miracle because of the blessing, because of the covenant promise. What did Abraham say? He spoke according to what was written about him. You got to say what the Bible says about you. Um, Abraham understood God was God. Abraham took God at his word. Fear not, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. That's Genesis 15.1. We need to do the same thing. We need to take the promise and put our name on it. After ours, it's, our, it's ours, ain't it? We're to see to Abraham. Remember Galatians 3.29? Galatians 3.29? They'll pop it up there. What is, look, it's probably right here. It's probably right here somewhere. Galatians 3.29. What does it say? And if you are what? Abraham's seed, then you're heir. What's that? Hello, last will and testament, heir, 
Now, now I got to get these to you because I got a couple, and I, I got all excited before. Okay, man, Isaac, Isaac faced the famine land. Happened for everybody. Isaac got the blessing. Um, um, remember that? That was um Genesis um twenty six twenty twenty six Genesis twenty six two and three in the Amplified. You read about Isaac. You'll see the blessing of God hit Isaac. It caused him to prosper just like it did his father. It didn't matter what happened around him. He just kept increasing. Once, when, when there was a famine in the land, Isaac considered moving to Egypt to escape. But the Lord appeared to him and said, don't go down to Egypt. Dwell temporarily in the land, and I will be with you and favor you with the blessings. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. He said, look, boy, stay there in the middle of the mess and stay put. And what I promise your daddy, who's your daddy? Look at your neighbor. Look him square in the face. Now, take it easy now, some of you. Make sure you pick somebody out. Say, who's your daddy? Look at your other neighbor. Say, who's your daddy? I'm telling you who your daddy is. Your daddy's God. You see this? Who's your daddy? He said, I swore to Abraham, your father. Isaac's like, I'm getting blessed because of my dad. We all getting blessed because of your dad, bro. Abraham's faith gave us access to grace. But we needed Jesus now. You pulling it all together. This is one. You got it all, man. You inherit everything. Now, this is the part I want to get. I got to leave you with. Oh, Jesus. Time, time goes quick. Write this down. Last point. Faith is going to open the door to all these covenant promises. That's the thing the devil doesn't want you to know, man. I got I to gotta do this. So let's, we're going to move here, but I'm going to get you this, right? That's what the devil doesn't want you to know. He tries to talk you out of your inheritance. He doesn't have, he, oh, he doesn't have any inheritance of his own, that st stinking thief. So he got drop kicked. He'll try to steal everything from you and the seed of Abraham because the whole world belongs to us. Now, he stole it from Adam, but he's trying to keep you from it. It's true, Okay. Romans 4.13 says plainly that God promised us the seed of Abraham that we would be heir of the world. We should never entertain any other thought of poverty again. Lack, sick, broke, destitute, hopeless, no hell. I don't know. Put it any way you want to put it. If God said he promised us that we would be heir of the world, that Adam blessing that the devil came and stole Jesus gained back through redemption. So me and you, we don't talk like, we don't talk sick, we don't talk broke, we don't talk messed up. Why? Why? Because I'm in the blessing. Well, don't look like. Now, I'm going to show you right here. I wrote something. You should never entertain any thought of poverty. Don't ever let the devil discourage you. I got a timer going off, and I don't care. You should never let, listen, you should never, you knew I was going to go over. Come on, somebody. Look, come on, somebody. You know I'm going over. Can I, give me five more minutes. You should never, you know that's 15. You should never entertain another thought of poverty again. Don't ever let the devil discourage you, push you around, or instead, you should wake up every morning shouting and singing about how blessed you are. Woo! You may, now watch this. This is what I wanted to read. I found, I'm trying to find it. It's blue in my notes. I had to find the blue. So I found it. Right? Here we go. You may not feel very blessed right now. You may not look very blessed right now. When you check your balance in your bank account, it may not appear that you are heir of anything. <laughs> That's funny. Naturally speaking, your situation may seem absolutely hopeless. If so, remember, you're in good company. 
Abraham once faced similar hopelessness. When God first promised he'd have a son, he and Sarah were both old and wrinkled. Come on, somebody. Watch this. They tried for years without success, and it didn't work. But Abraham, for human reason, this is what the Amplified Bible says in Romans 4.18. For human reason, but Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations. That he had been promised. Abraham believed God when there was no hope. He believed even when the world said it's impossible. And be not weak in faith. He staggered not, staggered not, staggered not, staggered not at the promise of God. You see it? He didn't stagger at that promise. He said, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but you're going to do it. That's why I brought Isaac up there. I don't know how you're going to resurrect him, but you're going to do it. Abraham, he said what? He said these words. He said, and not being weak, staggering out the promise of God through unbelief, who is strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he said he could promise, he could perform. The blessing of Abraham comes to us when we do what he did. It comes to us when we believe God's word, as Romans 5 and 2 says. We have access by faith into grace. Faith gives us access to the favor and the grace of God, and it gives God access to our lives. It opens the door to our inheritance, and since faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, I suggest you get ready to get out your Bible and hear what it says about you. Start reading it with a new perspective, not like a book of stories, but a record of your forefathers. Read and believe it like you would a will this is what I'm telling you, that details your inheritance and you will begin to enjoy the riches that are yours by virtue of the new birth. This, this, this right here, this ain't some Bible. Hear me. This is your last will and testament left to you by your daddy. It's a book of promises and God wants you to find everything he wrote about you. Listen, guys, I love you. I'm, I really appreciate you letting me do this. You don't know how much I want them to do this. I got, there's, man, there, there's, there's, there, we got a word in this house. You guys are carrying it. But I want them to be able to come and break this down to you so you could really see it. And hopefully I did that. That's my one prayer. My one prayer every week coming to you is that I can get it to you so you can get it and run with it. I love you. I'm going to be back Wednesday. Don't forget Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. Come to the Holy Spirit Conference. Dr. Rob's coming all the way from Chicago. We could come for a half hour away. Let's go. Let's get in the building, invite somebody, bring somebody. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, how precious he is. You know, he is the seal of the covenant, the Holy Spirit. Maybe I'll talk about that Wednesday. I love you. Let me pray for you. Father, I bless them. And I pray, Lord, this covenant agreement makes more understanding to them like never before. I know you love them more than I could ever love them, but God, I sure do love them. And I want to see them walk in it. I want to see them walk in the victory and the power that you have for them. Father, I just thank you for the, their faithfulness to come, their faithfulness to give, their faithfulness to give their time, help in the church, work in, your, work in your field, and be a laborer, Lord. Bless them. Let this covenant come so clear to them. May, may you anoint what they heard today and may it transform their life forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. I love you and I'm praying for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.